I'm Martha Baker with the Baker Ranch in Cold Spring, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join me for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, boy, it has been nice to get these rains over the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? And those rains have helped the crop that's still out in the field. Of course, we know a lot of our cotton crop has been abandoned, insurance doubt, done for the year. But for that cotton that's still out there, it is getting some benefit from these recent rains. We'll take a closer look at that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. USDA is offering a special two-day educational course in Canyon for cattle raisers. I'm James Hunt and we'll give you details about the event on Texas Ag Today. Hearing loss in agriculture. I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll take a look at some of the loud noises farmers and ranchers are exposed to in their daily farming and ranching practices on Texas Ag Today. Cotton harvest is wrapping up just as the rainfall events are ramping up here in the coastal bend. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Recent rains seem to be helping the cotton that managed to survive the drought of 2022. The latest Texas crop progress and condition report shows a slight improvement in the condition of the Texas crop, with 15% of the cotton rated good to excellent. That's up four points from last week. 32% of the crop now rated fair. That's up 2% from last week. And 53% of the cotton crop rated poor to very poor, down six points from last week. Keep in mind, these ratings are only on the crop that is left after a devastating year of drought, and we still have over half of that cotton rated in the poor to very poor categories. Sorghum condition ratings this week, exactly the same as last week. 17% of the Texas sorghum rated good to excellent, 41% fair, and 42% poor to very poor. USDA's Brad Rippey says sorghum is struggling throughout the entire U.S. Plains region. All of the major production states from Nebraska southward to Texas being considerably hurt by heat and drought. And leading the pack is Nebraska coming in this week at 60% of the sorghum rated very poor to poor. The big production states, Kansas, 48% very poor to poor and Texas, 42%. The Texas corn crop rated 17% good to excellent this week, 34% fair, and 49% poor to very poor. Now, as far as harvest progress is concerned this week, the Ag Department estimating 53% of the Texas corn crop is now harvested. 
62% of the sorghum now harvested, and 77% of the Texas rice crop is out of the field. U.S. cattle producers lose about $370 million a year because of heat stress. Now, these losses include performance losses in growth and reproduction, but it also includes losses in morbidity mortality. As we saw in Kansas earlier this summer where thousands of cattle died from the heat, Dr. Nicole Burdick-Sanchez with USDA's Ag Research Service in Lubbock says in recent years, heat waves have been so bad that there's not much chance of cooling at night. And so these animals are not able to recover, and so we see this continued effect of heat for extended period of time. And she says cattle producers can count on having to deal with more heat problems in the future. We do know that the global climate is changing and that heat stress is going to continue to be an issue within the livestock industry. That's why researchers like Dr. Sanchez are doing studies to find out differences in how cattle handle heat according to breed, temperament, or coat color. Producers may use those results to build more heat-tolerant herds in the future. USDA is offering a special two-day educational course in Canyon for cattle producers. James Hunt tells us it's your chance to learn more about the cull cow market. As we talked about yesterday, West Texas A&M University in Canyon will soon host a special USDA event for area livestock producers. It's a two-day course on the subjects of cow herd management and the evaluation and marketing of slaughter cows. Dr. Ty Lawrence, who chairs the meat science program at West Texas A&M, gives us the rundown of the sessions that will be taking place on September 21st and 22nd. This course that we're working on is all revolving around cow herd management, best practices, slaughter cow guidelines, how to interpret USDA market reports regarding the cow itself. We're going to have a discussion uh, based on all of the past national beef quality audits in relation to how those have audited cows and the findings that have come out of those audits. We'll have a chance for uh, the participants to view videos of cows that have been harvested uh, here in our university meat lab, and then they will see the fabricated cuts that come from those cows. We'll also have an opportunity for the participants to view live cows and see those uh, live and in the flesh. And then we will move those cows over to a commercial slaughterhouse for processing and we'll get the data and the answers back on what the participants uh, actually saw live and how that translated into the carcass form. Once again, that was Dr. Ty Lawrence of West Texas A&M. If you would like to know more about this USDA event coming up September 21st and 22nd, go online and use the words USDA Cow Herd Management West Texas A&M as your search terms. The event is free, but pre-registration is required. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Loud noises are everywhere you turn on a farm or ranch. Tom Nicoletti has some advice on protecting your hearing while working in agriculture. My guest again today is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp. We continue discussing potential hearing loss by ranchers and farmers from exposure to loud noises from farm and ranch equipment. What are some of the things that people can do to prevent hearing loss? It's a factor of two things. It's how loud things are and how long you're exposed to them. So there's two ways, two major ways to um, limit the damage that can happen. One is limit your time. The other is limit how loud it is. So 
You know, a lot of equipment can't be quieter, right? I mean, if you're inside the cab on a tractor and they're saying that you should only be in there one and a half hours, that's really cutting into your work day. But if you're wearing earplugs or the earmuffs that cover the ears, that can decrease the decibel level 15 to 30 points. That makes a huge difference. That takes something from a dangerous level to a safe level. So, Dr. Sharp, there is certainly technology out there for people to determine the decibel levels of various sounds in the workplace or otherwise. What have you discovered? There are apps that you can download on some of the cell phones, like the Apple iPhone has one called the NIOSH Sound Meter app. And it lets you record the sound environment, and it'll show you... um, what decibel levels you're getting to. And it's a real eye-opener to use a, something like this to recognize just how much exposure to noise you are getting during your day. That's NIOSH. It's N-I-O-S-H. It's available on the App Store, and it's, it's uh, free. That is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cotton harvest is wrapping up in the Texas coastal bend. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. The coastal bend area cotton harvest is estimated to be around 85% complete and less than 40% of the planted acres here in the coastal bend actually made it to harvest. We're an all dry land area primarily. Yields have been modest. Uh, They've ranged between a bale up to a bale and a half in some of the better locations. But all in all, a crop that is going to fall real short as much of the rest of Texas cotton crop is farrowing. Now, the classing office here in the coastal bend area at Corpus Christi has classified 218,148 bales as of the 19th of August. And that's with 36 operating gins here across South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley and the upper coast rains in the Corpus Christi area since our last report two weeks ago have ranged anywhere between four and seven inches. And the lake levels are experiencing a rise here as a result of some of those good rains that they had back in the brush country. And the Nueces River crested last week 20 foot above flood stage at Tilden. And that water running into Lake Corpus Christi has now brought it up to nearly 40% of capacity, much improved following the months of below average rainfall during the past year. Pastures have greened up, and that's certainly a welcome sight for everyone, particularly those producers who still have a few cattle left. They're looking forward to having some grazing for their animals and putting a halt to destocking their herd numbers here in the weeks ahead. August has been the heaviest rainfall month of the year, and more rain is predicted for the weekend. So it looks like all those prayers for rainfall that have been on back order for the last seven to 10 months are finally arriving. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. Texas anglers still have opportunities to win as part of CCA Texas annual star tournament. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag today. And dog bites are not uncommon, especially in children. Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas A&M Forest Service is helping to protect lives, property, and livelihoods from wildfire. State officials warn that weather conditions are creating a high risk for wildfires across the state this summer. Warmer, drier-than-average, and windy conditions are combining with dry vegetative fuels and increasing the potential for significant large fires. Keep your eye on the weather during the summer months and heed warnings from local officials. For more information on wildfire weather warnings, visit ticc.tamu.edu. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Dog bites are not uncommon, and Dr. Bob Judd says many times those bites happen to children. Dr. Lori Teller is a Texas Veterinary Medical Association member from Houston, and she indicates at TexVet Pets that out of more than 800,000 cases of animals biting children per year, most involve the family dog biting a child. It is great for children to have pets, and they can learn a lot from living with and caring for a dog. However, children are not born knowing how to treat a dog, and this requires training from the parents. And although most family dogs interact well with children, this is not always the case. It is important to teach your child that just like they do not want anyone stealing food from their plates, dogs also don't like other pets or humans being around their food. Children should be trained to leave pets alone when sleeping as startling them can lead to bites. Just like with food, dogs also don't like children taking away their toys. So make sure your children understand that some dogs like their toys as much as the children like their toys. Children should also be taught to never get too close to their dogs' faces, as sometimes this can stimulate them to bite. Similarly, dogs must be taught basic commands, and then even the child can tell the dog to sit or stay and reward with a treat. However, for this to work, the child has to be involved in the training process. Having your child walk the dog after teaching basic commands is a great method for pets and children to interact. At least initially, playtime between your dog and your child should be supervised by a parent until you can be confident in the behavior of all parties involved for safety. Dogs can be great with kids, but always watch for subtle signs from your dog that could indicate the dog is not happy. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas anglers still have opportunities to win in the annual Star Tournament. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. A good day of fishing off the Texas coast could win you a new pickup truck and boat package through CCA Texas Star Tournament. The Star, which stands for State of Texas Anglers Rodeo, is a membership drive for the Coastal Conservation Association of Texas. The group works to ensure the health and conservation of marine resources and anglers' access to them. The tournament started on Memorial Day and ends on Labor Day, which is Monday. Bill Kinney, tournament director, said although we are nearing the end of the tournament, there are still opportunities to win. We do have three truck-boat combos that are claimed of the five that we offer. And then, of course, in the blue tag division, we did have all three of those Mounty 22s, which are $65,000 prizes each. We've got three winners there, but we sure would like to give away some more. we still got prizes to give away. I mean, there's two more $2,000 Academy gift cards for blue tag Other prizes include a Polaris Ranger and college scholarships for youth. 
The fishing tournament spans the entire Gulf Coast of Texas. Anglers must be entered into the tournament before fishing in order to be eligible for a prize. You got to be in to win, and more importantly than that, this is a zero budget for us. We don't make a dime on Star, but it does promote saltwater fishing for all the citizens of Texas, and we want people to get out there and appreciate the gifts that Texas Coastal Resources have been to so many and uh, get involved in conservation and pass it on. Details are available at startournament.org. That is startournament.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a mixed close in Wednesday's cattle market trade, but wheat finished strongly higher. We'll take a look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at texasfarmbureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We had a mixed close in the cattle complex on Wednesday with live cattle finishing mostly lower while feeder cattle were mixed. October live cattle dropped a dollar twenty-seven at one forty-two fifty-five. The December down a dollar twenty-five. 148.55. Feeder cattle higher on the two nearby contracts, lower on the deferreds. September up 40 cents at 182.57. October feeders up 17, 183.45. The November down 25 cents at 184.45. Cash fed cattle markets slow to get going this week. We do have reports of some light volumes of cattle sold up north for 145 on a live basis. That is a buck lower than last week. However, here in the south, things still a bit quiet. Feedlots asking 144 this week, but no sales yet to report. Boxed beef was lower on Wednesday. Choice down a dollar fifty one, two fifty eight twenty eight. Select down a dollar twenty six at two thirty eight forty two. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Riley Rhodes is with us. Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock, Three Rivers. How was your Monday sale? Yeah, it went good, Larry. Uh, we did end up with a few more than what I thought we were going to get. Uh, ended up with 756 total head. Uh, market still very active. Uh, we didn't have any really good uh, pears or bread cows. Uh, we had a few pears, brought 675 up to 950. Kind of same deal on the on some bread cows, uh, 650 up to nine and a quarter. Uh, steady money on packer cows and bulls this week, 88 to 94 on your high yielding cows, 78 to 90 on your breakers, 40 to 66 on the canners. Packer bulls, uh, high yielding bulls, 104 to 110, low to medium. 86 to 104. Uh, lots of activity on the lightweight calves today. Uh, two to three weight choice steers, 192 up to 220. Heifer mates, 178 to 196. Uh, three to four weight choice steers, 188 to 216. Heifer mates, 166 to 188. Uh, four to five weight choice steers, 182 to two, uh, 182 to 198. Heifer mates, 164 to 182. Five to six weight choice steers, 172 to 190. Heifer mates, 152 to 168. Six to seven weight choice steers, 154 up to 166. The heifer mates, 142 
152 to 158. And the seven to eight weight cattle didn't have many of them, but it had a few uh, brought from uh, choice steers, 142 to 160. Heifer mates, 134 to 144. So uh, pleased with it. Uh, you know, like a little light volume with all the good rains we've had down here. So that's not hurting anything. And uh, had a good active market. Uh, was real pleased with it. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Riley. 361-813-6650 is a cell. 361-786-2553 is the office. com is the web. And uh, we will not have a sale next week, uh, Labor Day. That's on the 5th. We will be closed. We will be back open on the 12th. And uh, on that 12th, uh, we're expecting 150 cows off of one place, a sellout deal. So I'll have some good stocker cows for that uh, September 12th sale. Thank you, Riley, and thank you, Texas Neighbor, for joining me, Larry Marble, for walking the pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs drop sharply lower in Wednesday's trade. October hogs down 255, 9105. December hogs down $1.85 at 83.65 class 3 milk was lower september milk down 10 cents 1969 100 weight the october contract down 22 cents at 1988 100 the cotton market managed to close slightly higher with a weaker us dollar helping to support prices the december contract was up 89 points closing at 113.21 march cotton up 87 at 110.14 The corn and wheat markets went in different directions in Wednesday's trade. The corn market finally cooled off a bit after the slow and steady climb that we've seen over the last week and a half. September corn dropped nine cents to close at 6.70 and three quarters. December corn down nine and a half at 6.67 and three quarters. Wheat market finishing higher on both hard and soft wheat. September Kansas City wheat up 12 and a quarter, 9.21 a bushel, while the new crop July was up 10, 8.98 and a quarter. Same story in the soft wheat market. September Chicago wheat up eight and a half, 8.06 and three quarters, while the new crop July was up 12 and three quarters, 8.59 and a half. In the energy markets, October natural gas up 18 cents at 9.22. October crude oil down a dollar 48. At 90.16 a barrel. The financial markets lower on Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down 168 points, 31,622. The NASDAQ down 10 at 11,872. The SP down 15 points at 3,970. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.